What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of A Playmaker's View. I'm your host, as always, Jamie Burdish. Today, I have an old guest of mine, Antonio Williams, joining the show. Today, Antonio and I will be talking a little bit about the NBA coming back. Sports are finally back. I know everyone out there is excited. Um, we're going to kind of dive into our thoughts on you know, what's going to go down, the whole bubble situation, who we think may take the title, and all that good stuff. So I hope you guys are doing well out there, and without further ado, here we go. All right, guys, so like I said, I have Antonio Williams again. I want to thank you again, Antonio. I had a lot of fun last time. Uh, so we're going to be talking a lot about the NBA today. First off, I want to get your thoughts and excitement about the NBA finally resuming and if you have any concerns or, you know, what what are your thoughts on uh, I come back because it's almost here. We're a few weeks away, so it's it's coming. So what are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, it, it's weird because obviously I'm married to this sport and, and, and love this game, so – I'm really happy that the the league is back. Um, but at the same time, it, it's it's really sobering to see it when you're watching and, you know, there are no fans. That's the biggest thing. And then also when you're watching, whether it's a halftime, I, I, I'm a big WNBA fan. So I watched them as well this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. There were six games. I watched all six of them. And to watch the uh, players do – halftime interviews to do interviews in between quarters um and, and they're talking about brianna taylor uh but also talking about the game as well um it, it's very sobering to see that because again they're bringing um attention to the cause that, that that they're very passionate about and um and then the other thing as well is again when you're watching holly rose doing these interviews for example on espn and she's social distancing as she's doing the interviews so again, if you are concerned about the world and, and the world that we live in outside of sports, to see these players during these times from a social standpoint use their platform and the fact that they have to social distance at the same time and you know, you're watching the people, the officials as they're keeping score along the table, everybody that's working the clock, keeping score, et cetera, they're wearing masks. So um with that being said, again, no fans and the players are social distancing. The coaches are social distancing. It's exciting, but it's also very sobering when you watch it at the same time because it's a reminder of the times that we're currently in. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think one thing that I wanted to talk to you about is uh, those players getting out them, those messages. You talked about Breonna Taylor and, um, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, all that stuff. And it's tough to do that stuff right now because of all that's going on with the pandemic. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on um, how you think the players are handling. Um, obviously, they have that huge platform and it's important for them to speak up and use that platform. But how do you think that they've reacted to it safely? And um, have they been able to do you think they're doing it in a correct manner or do you think things could have been done a different way? Well, one of the things I'll say um, my, my position, Jamie, is this. I, I think when we are looking at um, anything that is as moving the, moving the needle forward, going in the right direction, right? Anything that we're doing um, from that standpoint, I, I really believe and I think that we, shouldn't, we should kind of veer away or shy away from creating aisles because now it's everybody's on the same page. Everybody wants to see positive social change. And then we create these aisles as to how it's, it should be done. 
And then it's everybody wants the same goal. Now everybody's fighting because now you're trying to figure out what's the best way to do it. And if, if person A is Jamie is doing it one way and Antonio's doing it another way, now we're both at odds with each other, even though we want the same thing. And, yeah. and, and, and I think that's very unfortunate sometimes when we see this. And, um, you know, so with that being said, I, I think that when a player is, because again, all of these players, even though we all may want the same thing, we've all had different experiences with it, right? And, and I've had some very personal, very um, stark experiences with it, right? And, and very detailed. And, and some players, may, their experiences may be a little bit different. Um, or their reasonings and, and joining the quote-unquote joining the fight may be different than mine because of their experience. But at the end of the day, I think all the players want the same thing in terms of moving forward with having a society that's more inclusive and, and, uh, and from an equality standpoint, socially and economically for everyone. So with that being said, I, I just think that uh, we should avoid having aisles. And, and also too, the other thing is, it's okay to have different points of view, but to sort of contest those points of view in the media, is probably the wrong thing, right? And, you know, all of these players are all connected. When you're talking about it from a WNBA standpoint, you're talking about 144 players, 12 teams, 12 players, which is crazy, right? So it speaks to how difficult it is to make the league. And in the NBA, you're talking about 100, and, I mean, I'm sorry, 470 or so players. With that being said, both WNBA and NBA players are part of a very small fraternity so you all can get in contact with each other. So if, you, if there are some things that you guys need to hash out, you certainly don't need to do that in the media. Mm -hmm. and, and because now once you're doing it in the media, now it's sport, number one. And most importantly, you're taken away from the cause that you say that you're so, you're so passionate about. So I, I just believe that again, there, it's, it's, we all have different experiences. Right. When we start talking about me as a black man, Jamie, we start talking about the black community. Well, the reality is there are different experiences and different values and, and, and different ways of going about things. Our community is a myriad of people. It's not just one experience, one particular way of thinking, et cetera. And I think that gets lost sometimes. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, it's OK to bring your experiences and your values to the table. And if you are trying to move forward in a positive manner, and maybe you have a different thought than someone else, have that thought, stand on your thought. But when you guys are disagreeing, do that behind closed doors and don't do that in the media because it takes away from what's trying to be accomplished. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, unfortunately, being a professional uh, athlete, it's kind of tough to stay, you know, in that shadow because a lot of times the media is you know overshadowing you and trying to get those stories those bad stories unfortunately too like they, they're trying to get the good and the bad um, but like you said I think it's important that we have all these different stories because that's how we learn I mean if we didn't have that we, 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 we wouldn't know how to adjust and how to help each other out so I think that's really important um, but I want to talk a little bit about the concerns of the COVID stuff uh, I know that they have the bubble situation and different leagues have been doing it differently, but how do you think the league is handling the whole situation with trying to keep the cases low, keep everybody healthy, and hopefully 
finishing this season off? I think the league is doing a great job. And, and it's funny that as we're having this conversation, Jamie, you know, both of us are, are baseball guys as well. And the fact that now we have this unfortunate situation and circumstances that we have going on with the Marlins right now yeah. with 12 people testing positive and, and, you know, them having to cancel their game in Baltimore and things of that nature. And it's with, it, it just further underscores that, in this time, again, which is why it's so sobering, which I was alluding to when I was talking about watching the WNBA NBA games this weekend and watching those NBA scrimmages as well. In these times, in these uncertain times from a health standpoint, um, and we're asking these athletes to risk their lives and things of that nature, because again, one of the things, I've, I've talked about this on other platforms and we're seeing this right now, where there's a player for the Boston Red Sox who one of the who's no longer test positive for uh, coronavirus, but due to some of the complications of COVID-19, which we don't all know, one of them that we do know is it can lead to an enlarged heart, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a very serious, very serious ailment, very serious situation. And so we're asking these players to do this. And, and, and now it's, you know, when you're looking at the NBA, and the WNBA, and you look at hockey when it comes back as well, they're looking at testing every day and they're also being in a bubble, which is probably a safer bet than the NFL and the NBA, and I'm sorry, the NFL and Major League Baseball not competing in a bubble and people going back to their respective homes and things of that nature. And again, when you're watching Florida and Florida is the hot spot, I'm in Texas, that's another hot spot, right? and we have 12 people from the Marlins testing positive, it makes sense, right? Yeah. And, and, and so with that being said, I, I think, you know, if, if we're going to do this and we're going to ask these players to do this, I, I think we need to, from not only the league perspective, but the players' perspective as well, do everything possible to keep yourselves um, as safe as possible. Yes, I'm not away from my family for four months, or for three months, that's a major ask. But at the same time, if you are going to play, you may need to consider that so you don't bring something back to your family. You want to minimize the, 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 um, minimize the, um, the chances of you bringing something back to your family. And with you leaving the bubble, I mean, with you guys being on the road, there's no bubble. You're being in one place. Now you're in another place. And all of the travel and all of the different things that you subject yourself to, it's very much possible to contract something. And again, and, 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 and part of, and this is manifested by, and those concerns are manifested by, look at, look at, um, look at Canada, look at Toronto. The, the, uh, the city of Toronto and their government said, nope. And the Canadian government said, nope, for the Blue Jays. If you guys are going to be coming in and out and you're going to the States and people in the States are acting like we act, you guys can't come back here and play baseball, right? So, yeah, that's that's smart. Where, so that's smart. if you guys aren't going to be in a bubble, go to Buffalo or go somewhere else. You're not playing in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And... And so with that being said, it, it, it's, um, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that I think the NBA and the W are doing in these, in, these, in these times that we're in right now, Jamie, 
I think they're doing the best that you possibly can do. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the biggest thing too is we have two situations right now that we both have to, there's like two sides of it. There's the people for the Corona stuff who really just don't care. They think that, you know, masks, well, it's their own opinion. I'm not going to say anything about it, but what my point is here is that, um, the Black Lives Matter stuff and the Corona stuff is very similar. We both have to rely on each other to um, have an ending to it. And I think that, like you said, the NBA is doing a great job of that. Um, it's it's not normal. It's not what we're used to. But if we want to get back to that normal, we need to sit down and realize that things are bad right now. And I think that that's the biggest thing right now. It's like we don't know how bad it's going to be, when it's going to end. I mean, I think most of us thought it was going to end in June or July, like this month, because of the the hot summer days, cooling it down. But um, it's it's really a scary thought. I don't know how you feel about that, but I mean, it's scary to me. I'm going back to school here in the next week, and who knows what's going to happen? You know, I could get sick right away. I, I could not, and so it's really a scary thought. But I want to end on your predictions. Um, I really appreciate you coming on again, but I want to hear um, some final predictions. You could do some WNBA stuff as well, uh, but who do you think is going to take the title in the NBA and WNBA as well? Uh, you know, it, it pains me to say this, and uh, but again, this is assuming health for everybody because as you said, Jamie, these are un, very uncertain times and we all need to cooperate if we want to advance, right? right? And and, um, and so... With that being said, this is assuming health for everybody. And of course, we've had a situation where um, now Lou Williams from the Clippers is quarantining again, right? Mm -hmm. and, and because he left the bubble and, and now he's going back in. So he's not got a quarantine for another 10 days. Um, so, so which means he's going to miss a couple of those. Um, he may miss a game or two for those eight games that we're playing as those seeding games. He may miss... A couple of those games mm -hmm. and you know for them even though they are a veteran team the Clippers and they're my pick to win it as pain as much as it pains me to say uh, I, I think they're my pick to win it because of the things they can do not only from their starting lineup perspective with Paul uh, Paul George and a great Kawhi Leonard what they can do from a versatility standpoint offensively having those two guys as shot fabricators for themselves and for their teammates um, now, when they bring Lou Williams in, that's an, an, an added dynamic. Lou Williams and, and Montrez Harrell are um, the highest scoring bench duo in NBA history. They both average over 18 points a game, right? And so, um, so, and so they're, when I say that, that, that duo, that's the, for one season, not cumulative, mm -hmm. right? And so um, what they can do offensively, and then when you turn that around, what they do defensively with um, Montrezl Harrell being amongst the league's leaders and taking charges, which is another way of protecting the rim. It's not just blocking shots. He takes is a big that takes charges, right? So what they can do defensively when they go Paul George, Kawhi, Patrick Beverly, when they get him back, right? Mm -hmm. and, and then Montrezl Harrell, then they add Joe Kim Noah from a defensive standpoint and energy. They are very, they, they have star power and they have depth. So again, full, full strength, I think they're the best team. If, mm -hmm. Again, full strength. But mm -hmm. again, we're, we're looking at this. This is a, a um, when we, every season is about attrition. But this one particularly, 
particularly because of the coronavirus and things of that nature, is also the attrition aspect of it becomes heightened, it becomes magnified. So again, I'm assuming that they're at full strength. I don't know if they're at full strength, but having said that, as much as I pick them, if the Lakers, when you, when you look at them, the thing with them is they're going to have to rely on some of that, some of those new additions that they brought to be major players for their team. Those guys have to play well. Now, if they play well, it wouldn't surprise me if they play well. LeBron does superhuman things and they win it. That wouldn't surprise me, right? <laughs> yeah. um, that would not surprise me at all. Uh, but I do think the champion, again, assuming health, my thought is the champion is coming from the Western Conference. And assuming health, I would say the Clippers are the best team in a seven-game series uh, mm -hmm. because of their depth and things of that nature. But again, and that pains me to say because I would like to see the Lakers win. Yeah. Right? Um, but um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if Deion Waiters, um, J.R. Smith, Markeith Morris, someone in that triumvirate of bench players, Alex Caruso, um, you know, now let's expand it out to four or five players, Alex Caruso, um, KCP, somebody if, in, in that group of players, if they perform really, really well, it wouldn't surprise me if the Lakers win it as well. And, you know, one thing of note, too, I'll say really quickly, in the Lakers' favor, um, as we've started these preseason uh, games before we get to the seeding games, Kyle Kuzma's played very well, mm -hmm. very well. So, again, if they get that sort of production from a, from a guy and then they get those bench guys doing their thing, I think they're very, very tough. Yeah. I think that's – I mean, that would have been one of my picks. I was going to say the Lakers, but – it's really wide open. I think um, it, it really is. There's so much talent around the league and so many young guys, um, so many good bench players that have availability to, you know, come out and score 15, 20 points a game. Um, I really like John Morant. So um, I, I think that the t that team is going to be great. I don't think they'll win it, but I mean, they'll make a good run at it. So, um, but the other thing I was going to say is um, it's almost like March Madness. I know I said this a few weeks ago, but it is like everything starts new. Like these teams, um, obviously they've been training and, you know, they have their seedings and all that stuff. But, I mean, literally anyone could win this thing. So it's going to be really interesting. And I'm excited. I know you're excited. Um, but, yeah, if you have any final thoughts, please feel free to, to let us know. But I really do appreciate you coming on. No, thank you for having me, man. And I'll say this, you know, to your point where you're touching on is very reminiscent to a certain extent of uh, 1999 when the Knicks were an eight seed and this was a, um, a lockout shortened season, we had a lockout, Tim Duncan's rookie year, we had a lockout and, and, and then they come and the Spurs win that, that title in 99. Yeah. And, and um, you know, when they fate and that was Tim Duncan's first title. Um, and so it was actually David Robinson's first title as well. Um, so they won it in 99, Avery Johnson, et cetera. All those guys are on that team they win it in 99 and they play the Knicks and the Knicks were an eight seed and, and, and they're the only eight seed to make the NBA finals. And it was because since we had that uh, lockout shortened season, we had a lot of wacky things happening. Yeah. Right. And so to your point with us now starting back up again, um, it lends itself to some crazy things happening. And um, 
for sure. You know, so we'll see. Um, again, as you said, I think with Memphis, I think they are the eight seed right now, and they're essentially playing with house money because everybody thinks that New Orleans and other teams are going to pass them, yeah. right? For that eight seed and the right to play the Lakers in the in the in the first round, unless something crazy happens. But yeah. you know, so they're right now the eight seed. And they're really playing with no pressure because people think that they're going to get passed. I mean, could it happen? Sure. Especially if we have that eight, nine play in, could mm -hmm. it happen? It could, but at the same time, they're the eight seed, right? And, and, and um, they're the eight seed, they're the eight seed for a reason. And, you know, um, again, John Moran, uh, Jaron Jackson, Jr., Brandon Clark, uh, Dylan Brooks, this is a very exciting team, man. So I think people should, should not, count them out of the eight seed that they currently already hold <laughs> yeah no i agree i love me an underdog too so it'll be re be really interesting but i'll have to check in with you in the next few weeks and see how things are going hopefully i'm really hoping and praying that things will will go through everyone will stay healthy and um hope you're doing well and for the fans out there hope you guys are doing well and the viewers um I want to thank Antonio again. Please go check out his his stuff. His he's on Instagram and uh, are you on YouTube as well or just Instagram? Well, I'm at, at, at YouTube at a dot Williams Basketball, IG a dot Williams Basketball, Facebook a dot Williams Basketball. It's all the same. Yes, sir. So go check him out. <laughs> all right, go check him out. Thank you guys for joining me, and we'll be back with you guys next week for another episode of A Playmaker's View.